goon goons welcome to another bonus episode of the horrible horror podcast the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies movies so bad they're scary i'm your host marshall hampton with me is my buddy my co-host mr aaron southworth aaron how are you doing today hey hey i'm doing pretty good man i'm in a good mood because we have a nice bonus episode and we are featuring vito tribuco he is the director and writer right. of bloody bloody bible camp indeed he is uh and this was obviously those who are wa- actually watching this on video you can see vito right there with us as he joined us on skype uh so this will be a video as well yeah yeah we're trying to get our youtube page up a little bit so again thank you very much vito oh thank you thank you um uh, for, okay, so let's start off. First question. Was this based on a true story by any chance? <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what inspired it? Yeah. You know, honestly, it was just kind of, we, we started it kind of um, as a joke. We wanted to do a joke. Um, kind of just, we wanted to like, do a goof on, horror, on, on church movies. We were going to do a kindergarten uh, massacre. Or something. <laughs> um, so me and my writing partner, Shelby, we just went back and forth with uh, the titles. So um, in the end, uh, one day he called me up to Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, and that won. So we just, at, at that moment in time, we just wanted to do a goofy movie. So we just throwing titles back and forth until one set up. Well, I like the title. I thought it was fun. Even the trailer, I love going Bloody Bloody Bible Camp. Yeah, he's been doing that for like the last 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I like a lot. However, I notice over in Europe, uh, especially at least in England, and I know. And the poster behind and you. And the poster behind you, yeah, is uh, it's it's called Sin. Uh, what was, well, I, I know sometimes on foreign releases, things get changed around. Uh, so what's the story with Sin not being Bloody Bloody Bible Camp? You know, they, they said it that the whole bloody doesn't translate the same way. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. I didn't even think about I don't that. I could swear on here, but yeah. I mean, oh, you can say whatever the hell you want. Yeah, uh, okay, fucking yeah, go for it. It would <laughs> mean like fucking, fucking Bible game. <laughs> <laughs> That is that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's, I, I should have known that. I feel kind of like, God, come on, man. That seems kind of obvious. But oh, so I guess, Brit, yeah, bl- British, bloody hell, fucking hell. I didn't. Re- I never realized that that meant fucking in Brit. I thought it was just a weird thing. I didn't realize that. It's kind of like with uh, Austin Powers. They kept saying, you know, and he's like shagadelic. Everyone in Europe was or England was like, Jesus Christ. They just keep <laughs> saying fuckadelic. You know? <laughs> Right, right. No, we didn't. Uh, they just kind of, uh, they named it that. But most of the people in, in England that watched it beforehand, like when I, or whatever, they knew what it was. So they actually were kind of mad when the title got changed. And I don't like it either. I thought the poster looked kind of cool. But, I mean, you know, in the end, no, I didn't like it. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool poster. I mean, Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, it kind of, even in the title itself, just kind of lets you know this is going to be more of a fun or at least, you know, kind of a more comedic type of horror movie. Yeah, you but, know what you're getting. Yeah, you know what you're getting. But yeah. Sin, you, you, it's, that can, you know, that almost sounds too scary, dark, and blue. Oh, it's insane, too. Like, he put five stars above the title. Like, you, you think you're watching, like, you know, and you rent it. And, it, like, the back of the box cover, I got a copy of the back, looks really creepy. Like, you're just watching a horror movie, like a really dark horror movie. Yeah, definitely didn't do that. <laughs> um, so, how long did it take uh, from beginning to uh, you know from concept to the final cut of the movie? What was the entire process? How long did that take? It went pretty long. Me and my uh, writing partner Shelby, we uh, I used to live in Florida. We wrote it together. I think it was like 2003 or four. We wrote it years ago, and we wrote it like a few days, and it was like 60 pages <laughs> the first draft. Eventually moved to play, and I just always had it. I was doing other things, and we still talked about making it. And then one day, I just met a buddy that kind of was into the same kind of movies. He really liked the idea of Bloody Bloody Bible Camp. We rewrote it a couple times, made it a little bit longer, 
And um, yeah, so I think we, then we ended up shooting it like in like 2010. So it's, we, yeah, so it sat for like six, seven years with nothing happening. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, whew. Um, all right, uh, we're, we're getting into the actual, the movie itself. So just some, <laughs> one thing we talked about in our episode, and I'm not sure if you ever actually listened to our episode on the movie, if the, full, the whole thing. <laughs> but one thing we talked about briefly was um, Father Dobbins in the opening scene. Was his chest hair hairsprayed on? Because his chest hair looked crazy. <laughs> you know, they probably, you know, they probably darkened it up. Yeah, I think they did. Definitely. You know, it was real chest hair, I think it was. Okay. They, but, <laughs> it was so, I don't know, it almost looked like a chest hair wig or like they took like that, uh, you know, that old, old hair, hair in a can. Like they kind of sprayed it on him for chest hair. It was just so right. dark. Right. And okay, uh, just going with the wigs, a lot of wigs in this movie. I loved um, uh, Brother Zeke, uh, Zeke's wig. That was an incredible, crazy wig. And I was curious, did you guys for, I, I don't know the actress's name, but she was in the opening credits. She's running down the stairs, full nude, full bush. Was it a Merkin? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> you, went, you caught it. Yes. You caught it. You caught the Merkin. <laughs> the funny and thing is. really cool about it. In fact, like, the effects are this market. He was. We were laughing because he was really nervous, like when he was touching, like going around there and putting it on and everything. Because he's really good, and, and she just had no, no problem with it. And I thought it looked great. You know, it, it worked out. Yeah, it, it was. It was <laughs> kind of like what we were talking about in in when we were talking about it. The first 10, 15 minutes of the movie are so much fun. Yeah, it is. It's so much fun. It's such a great kill, and it's kind of like what you were saying. It's like speed dating, but. St- Speed killing the first couple lightning round minutes yeah, lightning, lightning round. round. Uh, yeah, I, I watched that opening like back. To, I went back and watched it twice. I watched it twice also. The rest yeah, because it was just so yeah, much fun. It's definitely my favorite part. I think jokes about it like that was the part where our parents weren't home because when uh, we shot the movie, we shot the '80s part first. But I had um, you know everyone was there, you know the Bannisters, mm-hmm. Sullivan. So I had like it felt like I had I had like. We shot the opening scene, we shot that about a month later, and we just got a house for the weekend. It was a total of 10 days, and then we went up there, and we just kind of like just did whatever we wanted, just goofed around, shot it, and it just turned out better, you know, and it's just kind of a little more free-formed, and, you know, didn't have, uh, you know, didn't have any, any type of schedule. We were really kind of, you know, it was against us, so it, it, I liked it the most, too. Could be a little bit more loose. Yeah, it was It was fun. It's. I think it helped set the tone. Yeah, it was. it was great. The opening was so much fun. It was a really enjoyable. Um, now, speaking of, uh, we're talking about the cast, and you just mentioned the people that were there early. Um, whose idea was initially to get Ron Jeremy to play your Jesus? Because that was genius. I oh, loved I love it. it. I love it. Yeah, no, our original, our original Jesus was we were going to go for Paul Rubens. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that would have been great. But it was right whenever he blew back up with the Pee Wee Herman show. Again. Yeah. So we're like, there's no way we can get him. So uh, the very next person we're like, was Ron Jeremy, you know, <laughs> and uh, he was he was so cool. Actually, in fact, my co-writer knew him because he did a doc. Uh, my co-writer did a documentary uh, called Strip Club King, and Ron liked it a lot. They, they became friends, and uh, he, like like really cheap and came out. He, he was awesome. Yeah. So awesome. yeah, it's kind of funny. In uh, we you know we've been doing this for over a year now, yeah. And we've probably seen Ron Jeremy, and this is but with no intention. He's probably been in seven or eight of our episodes, at least six of the yeah. movies we've done. He gets around <laughs> in more ways you know, than a one. Lot of people I hear use him. It's really funny. Yeah, I know. 
But when I, when I saw Ron Jeremy as Jesus, I cracked up. I lost it. I actually had to pause the movie because I was laughing so hard. I was just, it was just genius. And his portrayal and his lines were just, it was great. Yeah. So kudos for that one. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was probably my favorite part towards the end, too, is uh, when he comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot. But, you know, obviously, Ron Jeremy, huge porn star, playing Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, the release of the movie, Bloody Bloody Bible Camp. I'm curious, was there any backlash from, like, the Christian community, Catholic community, and what was that like? You know, not really at all. In fact, maybe when the first trailer came out, we first we put the first thing out there, there was a couple people who commented on it, like, um, like just saying, you know, uh, a couple of, like, they were, were calling us names a couple times, but after that, never. No, actually, we got no backlash. It's so goofy. And like kind of dumb. I think you're almost like insulting yourself. <laughs> you kind of, and in fact, some people will think it has like a positive spin at the end because the girl ends up kind of seeing Jesus and everything. And I'm like, if that's how it works out, great. So <laughs> and then that, and that's it, you know. But uh, in the end, though, a lot of people look at it that way. In fact, um, Reggie Bannister uh, watched later with the priest up in the area where he lives and after he said they all liked it because you know it had a pretty good arc with the main girl because everyone in the movie believes in god except for the one girl but in the end he comes down and they say you know they say the day together so um i don't know like if i guess it's a happy ending yeah i yeah. look at it that way but i guess that's true like if you yeah you look at it from that that point of view it does make sense to think of it that way but also, Jesus is okay with the homos. Yeah, he's yeah. okay with a little dick sucking here yeah. and there. <laughs> Just don't take kids to a, a murder camp and you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny how it worked out because, um, you know, we wrote it regular, but then as it got going, you know, of course you're going to have gay jokes when you're doing it. Sure. And that was like, yeah, of course, you know. And, um, but then, but in the script, we end up killing uh, Father Cummings. He was supposed to die in it. But um, but that was the thing. Reggie was our main star, so he went to live, and we kind of rewrote. It. So we had like a gay priest who's your, you know, who's your, who's your hero. Yeah. And um, Tim, who played the killer, he's gay, so it kind of had like you know that that feel to it. In fact, when we were making it, Reggie was like, you know, this this could be like an LGBT movie. The way <laughs> almost, yeah. <laughs> um, I love the tranny killer idea. I think it, you know, that was part of the fun of it. We wanted to do, you know, something a little bit goofy. Yeah. Uh, well, that. that... I two questions I want to cover, but, but you just brought up Reggie and Tim in, the, in that same sentence. So, uh, my, my question is, how were you able to get both Reggie Banster and Tim Sullivan on board with this project, and, and how were you able to get them? Like, did you just know somebody? Uh, yeah, um, actually, um, uh, Marcus, our effects artist, and uh, Shelby, they worked on a, pro- uh, on, a, on a prior project with Reggie and his wife, Gigi, and they just talked about, um, talk about Bloody Bloody, and they, they wanted to get on board. And then after they said that, we just became friends, and then they just came on as producers and kind of went from there. Um, it was Gigi who um, it actually asked us if we wanted to use Tim. There was a few people we were kind of like, we didn't, we didn't really know who we could get. Uh, and then we could, like, know Tim Sullivan. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's great, because I knew he was really big, and he, you know, he's a horror movie guy. He was, it was you know, good energy for the movie. And uh, she, um, she asked him. He was totally down. He was really cool. And I uh, went and met him, gave him the script, and uh, actually he said he was surprised it was funnier than he thought it was going to be. <laughs> he was just like, because I mean, he, whenever I, he first got asked to do a movie called Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, he was like, this is just going to be completely, you know, yeah. even tougher than we were actually going to do. So, uh, no, they were all really, they were all troopers about it. They knew they were, what they were getting into. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, now, the other question I had is, because uh, we talked about the ending, like, you know, how uh, uh, the main girl, I forget her name on top of my head, but... Uh, she, you know, sees Jesus at the end and, and uh, 
Father Cummings saves the day or, you know, lives. But there's, I commented on this during the episode, and it's kind of, it took a weird turn for me. Because uh, it was campy and tongue-in-cheek the whole process, and which I totally got and I was on board with. But then it kind of went really a sharp right turn to into slapstick for a little for during like the fight scene with uh, uh, Father Cummings and Sister Mary. Who? What kind of led you to that idea to go down the, the more slapstick road there? You know, to be perfectly honest, it was um, it was lack of footage. We couldn't get a reshoot in. We were just stuck. You know, so um, we tried a bunch of things, and it just it was, you know looking back now, I have new ideas that I could have done it probably even better. But um, working with the composer, we were kind of messing around, and it was really the only thing we had at that time. So I just kind of ate it, you know, and took it. But I agree. In fact, it's my it's my least favorite, you know, part on there. Well, I'm kind of glad you say because I was gonna say I I that's the one thing I kind of ripped on the most was like I was all loved the rest of the movie, and then it just went so slapstick, so sudden that I just kind of like I was like, what is happening? Why? It just broke the feel. Kind of took me out of the the moment there. Um, but then kind of brought me back in at the end. But it just I, the slapstick was just something that sat funny with me i just yeah, it doesn't for me because it's like this five second spot that's really goofy then it goes back to the movie again and, and yeah no i i agree it, it gets me a little bit you know lack uh, of options I'll, I'll put that down to okay yeah well, like, no that I, I, it makes sense i get it oh uh, same thanks. thing with the the jj sister mary showdown i was looking forward to a fight <laughs> I was looking forward to JJ and Sister Mary knocking heads, but I mean, I don't mind him getting killed all of a sudden. Kind of, it's kind of like um, in Indiana Jones when uh, Indiana Jones has got the guy with the big sword and he's throwing it back and forth and he's flipping it around and then he just yeah. pulls out his gun and shoots him. But I was like, oh, I wanted that fight. <laughs> yeah, you know, we all did. And what sucked about that was that was my buddy David Hayes who was who played that, and he had to fly out like really quick. So oh. We so, um, you know, I can sit here and we can totally dissect the movie. We probably all agree about what's cool and what sucks. And I there's a lot of sound issues with it. Um, there's a lot of things. And, and it's just because we had very little money and it was just a strange place to shoot. And crazy shit happens, you know, while you're sure. shooting. Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know? Yeah, but I, I, at the end of the day, man, we, we liked it. I even just recently bought my uh, Bloody Bloody Bible Camp shirt. Yes, little plug did. for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank, um, you thank you. Let's see. Uh, we touched on this earlier that, uh, you know, you talked about how it was kind of offensive in, in, in the Catholic community or Christianity. Wonderfully offensive. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's one of the offensive movie. It kind of offends everybody in a wonderful way. But was there anything that you guys actually left out that you thought was, okay, this is maybe too offensive. We should maybe went too far with this and so we took it out? No, um, I, you know, every, once we started going, everyone was on board coming up with stuff. Um, there, um, Okay, I'll tell you this. Uh, there was somebody who wouldn't say the back door is open for Jesus. <laughs> I so, love, that's one of my favorite lines. He, I love that, that line. So, <laughs> ended up to the girl from the, the, the 70s scene. We're like, hey, will you say this line? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know. So that's where that comes from. Uh, you know, there was a couple times where, you know, I got a look here and there. Um, really, you know, it, it, it was kind of fun with me and Reggie with the magazine. Um, I don't know if you remember when Reggie kind of... Communion. Yeah. I remember the magazine <laughs> thoroughly. Yeah, we, in fact, me and my writer, um, Shelby, we superimpose our faces on the guy's bodies when you look at the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but we had a little thing going back and forth. He's like, that's a little too much. And, uh, and I was trying just to go back because... And his death was supposed to be his dick getting chopped off and all this crazy shit. 
so we were going to crucify and uh, so I took all that out, try, you know, trying to be really, you know, you know, definitely, you know, going back and forth. And um, the, the magazine was originally called Alter Boys. So we were joking about it. I was like, come on, please do it. And eventually, OK, we'll do a different magazine. We'll come up with a different magazine. So um, he's going to kill me for saying this. So so then the day of when we were there, I didn't even say anything. I just I was like, OK, we got a new magazine. And I just put it on the bed and walked away. And then I'm just standing behind the camera watching, and I see him walk in. And he looks down and sees communion, and it's just like he shakes his head. <laughs> it was funny, and he's a trooper. He went with it, and he didn't even, you know, like he, he wanted to kill me, I'm sure, but he still went with it. And that's how everybody was. You know, it was really cool. That's great. That's yeah, awesome. if, you, if you listen to the podcast, Marshall really dissected that magazine quite a bit. I did. I he did. really he 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 read all the he paused it read all the fun little <laughs> things on it. Yeah, I read every word on the cover, the back cover. Yes, like, Marcus Cook made that the special effects artist. He's at my house the night before the shoot, making the cover real fast. Because I figured and, if they're uh, making that much time the, into this magazine, like I'm going to take the time to read everything they put into it. Like, and I'm like, if they went just like a. a a kinko is like if they had had this printed up like it was hilarious to see walking in and see the first the person behind the couch saying yeah print this out for me it was like what am i printing <laughs> yeah we went to uh we went to staples they got it uh printed out and the guy's looking at it's really strange and he's handing it we're just like, oh, yeah. see that's exactly why i stopped to pause it's, it's perfect it's perfect <laughs> man so i know you worked with some great some great uh, actors, um, people who are in the horror community, porn community. But there was one guy in particular who I wanted to ask a question about, and that was the guy who played Timmy. Uh, so the guy who played Timmy, if, if you listen to podcasts, I'm like, he either is a fantastic actor, knocked it out of the park, or he's got a little Down syndrome. I couldn't quite tell. He's, a, you know, I got to tell you, it was one of those... I don't even know what the term is, but when you're doing auditions and somebody walks in and everyone just, there's just this vibe that everybody gets equally and, and you just stop and you just know that's the guy. So we're watching all these Timmies and there was actually another guy I had my eye on. I was like, oh, I really can't wait to see this guy. And then Christopher Raff, who plays Timmy, walked in and right away everyone just started looking at each other and he had it within like five seconds of being there. No, he's... He's just a whole, he's just a phenom. I mean, this guy is just wacky and crazy. And that's who you see in the movie. Maybe turned up a little bit, but that's, yeah. that's his personality. Wow, yeah. good on him. Then. I mean, yeah, that, yeah he, 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 not, he played that part extraordinarily well. Like, he just, he, he nailed it. He did a great job with that role. Because yeah, <laughs> whenever he's on the screen and he's talking, he just kind of, like, I just can't take my eyes off him. But I'm like, I'm, part of me is going, ah. Is he high functioning? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Man, he nailed it. He did great. Yeah, yeah no, uh, he he is. He he was. He was definitely one of my favorite characters in it, and yeah. uh, he definitely nailed it. And every and even when he shirt off and he dies at the end, it's like it's so cold. Even though we shot in California, we're up in the mountains, so it snowed the last day. It's freezing up there, and he's walking around with his shirt off, laying on the ground. <laughs> I mean, he didn't complain one time while he was up there, though. He he's he's uh, yeah, no, he's great, Christopher Rapp. I'm surprised he didn't blow up or something because he's so like you know crazy. So we're like, well, we're like something's gonna happen. Like everyone started using him afterwards. And I was really hoping like something was gonna take off with him as far mm. as that goes. Oh, I, well, maybe time will still tell. Yeah, maybe still get it. So good luck to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, in his death scene, while I love the special <laughs> effect, I thought it looked very cool. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm from a medical background. I'd just like, oh, his head wouldn't just explode, you know? <laughs> I mean, it would, it would hurt. It would be traumatic. Might even kill him. 
But the, I love the effect. I thought the effect was oh, cool. Oh, it looked great. I thought it, it looked, looked great. great. Uh, but, yeah, I just, I just couldn't let it go. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it was, it's a lot of that's financial as far as what you don't see. But um, we definitely wanted to go all the way with his kill. I mean, originally he was going to be standing up and his head exploded. I forgot how it was going to happen, but his head explodes. But, you know, no, barely any money. And, like, literally while we were there, we're like, okay, how are we going to kill you now? And then we just start figuring stuff out. And, uh, that, yeah, so that's kind of how, like, can we die? We just started talking about it. Marcus is really good with uh, kind of, like, really quick editing and making things happen like that. So, uh, yeah, no, it worked out. Yeah, awesome. it, looked, it looked great. Uh, well, speaking of while we're talking about the kills, uh, like okay, one thing we do on our show is we all, we have a segment called Favorite Kill where we pick our favorite kills from the movie. Uh, Aaron, yours was Tad. I like Tad's death. I just liked seeing that like cascade waterfall of blood, blood and, his, and his all his guts just go. You know, yeah. I I like that. Uh, my my personal fa- my favorite kill was uh, backdoor for Jesus girl, uh, and the uh, and, and more so it was the guy who was banging her. From behind, it looks like he gets his dick cut off and then killed. Um, so I picked that as my favorite kill. So, I think you called it dick capitation. Yeah, dick capitation is what I the term I, I yeah. coined. Um, I love so, that. Um, so let's ask as you being close to you know the father of this project, what was your favorite kill in the movie? What was your one that you really stood behind and enjoyed the most? Yeah, you know, my favorite in the whole movie is I call it the ATM kill, and that's whenever um, Chopper is behind Brittany and he sticks yes. it in her mouth. So, yeah, the ATM. ATM kill is my favorite. And, See, and Jessica's a real good friend of mine, so it was just fun doing that. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. I like great. the ATM kill. Yeah, <laughs> See, we, we, are, we, we debated that because we were both probably going to pick that, too, as our kill, but then... In those post credits, when you see her walking in the lounge, she's like, she's not really dead. We're like, well, we can't call it a kill then. She's not dead. That's <laughs> true. Technically, it's not. Right. You're but no, right. but I loved that. We said that's one thing yeah. we've never seen before in a movie, and it was. God damn. It was, yeah. That was, like, was a goddamn moment. It was Absolutely. Awesome. That's something that we talked about, too. Um, I, I remember one time I saw an interview with the writer of um, Reanimator, and he was always like, he talked about the head eating out the girl. And he's like, always put something in your movie that's never been seen before. So that was one thing we talked about. Like, let's just, just do something over the top and do it. So we all just talked about it, and yeah, it was great. I loved how it worked out. Well, you nailed that because yeah. that was a that was a crazy bonkers awesome scene, and it was really cool. Yeah, because when oh, that's awesome. when in the podcast, Marshall breaks it down, and at the end, I'm just listening to him describe it. We're, we don't have a video; we've seen it already, seen it once or twice, but I just hear him the way he describes it. I'm like, God damn, that's <laughs> weird and just oh crazy. Like I've never seen it before. Um, let's see what, um, oh, you kind of touched on this earlier. So looking back on the process now, like what, is there anything that you maybe again, the slapstick stuff or what is there anything you would change about the movie now? If you could get yeah, time machine, go back in and change something or would you just leave it the way it is? Well, um, you know, in the end, yeah, you, I always like leaving things the way it is. I hate when people go back and touch up anything. You just you got to suck up. This is what you, you give everyone. But, of course, I could grade it and tell you what I, w- I would have, wish I could have done differently. And uh, when I see people who review it, even whenever I, I disagree or agree, one thing is kind of the common thread is the beginning and end are cool and the middle is boring. Nothing is going on in the middle. The main reason why I think that happened is um, I'm definitely – um, even Shelby and a few of us are more comedy guys, I think, and we can just keep going on that. And we don't realize we're not killing anybody. Um, <laughs> and you know, after that was a good lesson. Now I need to keep putting kills somewhere as you keep doing it. You know, but uh, that was a huge, huge mistake, I think. Um, 
you know, we, we filmed, uh, we thought we filmed in a good area, but that had a lot of crazy sound problems that gave it to us. But, uh, you know, you could definitely dissect it. Yeah. Well, you know what? We've seen a lot of movies and, at, you know, maybe there was a sound issue here, but at the end of the day, I mean, we, we, we go through with a fine-tooth comb. I don't really remember finding any sound no, issues that, too much. <clears throat> Nothing that was, you know, like, wow. Was... Yeah, for, compared to some of the other things we did, like, the sound issues were not something we really picked up on or, or even touched on. Like, there have been some that we've, we've really laid into them for their sound quality, but this was not, I do not remember it on this one either, so it wasn't that bad or at least very noticeable for us. Um is there, did you before I go into any, some final questions? Was there anything else you you had want to bring up? No, not really. I mean, not that I, I mean, I, I kind of had my questions. My favorite one was Merkin. Okay, I'm so glad one. that was used. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, I guess the, quick yes or no. Maybe or other plans or will there be, and plans in the work or would you like to even do a bloody bloody Bible camp too? Will any kind of sequel in the works? You know, it's cool. We actually talked about it. I do have something written for it already, so we can kind of go into it uh, and, and, and start shooting. Uh, a couple people want to. I look, um, and we, uh, I don't know, you know, it, it's just weird. It wasn't like this financial hit to go into a sequel. So I'm like, you know, do we really want to do one or not? Um, but then some people are like, yeah, just do it. It's going to help the first one, and, and you'll have more money. And um, I definitely like the idea I have for a sequel. It's, it's it's definitely, I think, complements the first one well. So I would definitely, maybe, maybe is the best way I can right, say that's it. That's so. fine. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe is a good answer. I mean, I guess that's, it is what it is. Yeah, maybe. yeah. I mean, because you, you left the door open, yeah, you know, with that sure. with that little ending right there. You left the door open so that the possibility of Sister Mary Chopper could come back. Uh, you know, I think that'd be, that could be maybe, fun. Maybe Brittany comes back. Her ass is all healed up now. <laughs> she comes back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe she's become quite smitten with Sister Mary Chopper. Yeah, maybe Who knows? she becomes uh, <laughs> Sister Mary's uh, partner in crime or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, another question that we ask everybody we talk to, uh, like I said, we, you know, we're in the horror movies. We all love them. We, um, what is your favorite or one or two favorite horror movies of all time that are good? And then give us what's one of your favorite bad horror movies, the ones that are so bad that are, turn out to be good, but you love them anyway. Okay, let me do the bad one first. Because sure. As soon as you do the bad one, the first one that comes to my mind is Miami Connection. Okay. Have you guys seen that? I no. have not. No, but no. this is why. One reason why I asked. So I, I learned okay. more. I can write it down. Please and... do. It's it's unbelievable. I I can't even explain. I I accidentally watched it. It was on Netflix one time. They took it off right away because it just became such a hit. And uh, I think it was Alamo Draft House that picked it up and put it out. And it's unbelievable. I can't even tell you. It's the best, one of the best bad movies of all time, definitely. Okay. This, cool, cool. So, yeah, this is something uh, we'll probably have to check out. Yeah, we'll check that one out. <laughs> yeah, no, I that. Uh, you know, favorite movies, um, you know, we all like the same ones that are great. You know, we all love Halloween. We all love Texas Chainsaw. We can go on all day. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, the cool little ones, um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I don't even know if it's a horror movie, but I always say it kind of, maybe started, you know, a lot of them. Um, have you ever heard the movie Blow Up by Michelangelo Antonioni? Um, it's, a, it's like, it stars David Hemmings. Do you know David Hemmings? He was no, from uh, Deep no, Red, the Derek Vito movie. This um, is news to me. Oh, it's a great, great movie. It's one of those movies when you get done watching it, you realize, like, the director's smarter than you, and you're just <laughs> like, oh, this, this is unbelievable. You know, it's unbelievable. But, yeah, Blow Up's a great, great movie. It feels like it's... Maybe actually, like, for Giallo films that came in the 70s, Italians, it feels like that's where it came from. That, that's the first movie. 
um, in my opinion. So definitely blow up is a uh, is a great one. Um, another one, let me think. Um, you know, along the same lines then of that genre, there was a film that came out. They just re-released it on Blu-ray called um, "What What Have You Done to Solange?" Have you heard of that? No, haven't heard. I, of that actually, can you say that again? I just the sound kind of. I didn't... Um, what have you? I know I have braces. Sorry, I can't talk. It's called "What Have You Done to Solange?" Okay, it's no, some, it's not what I. It's with Bill Keaton from "I Spit on Your Grave," and oh, okay. uh, it's, it's in that giallo um, kind of you know filled by you know European filmmakers, and it's uh, it's really out there. It's good, and um, and blow ups another one. I definitely think uh, it's not really horror, but I think horror filmmakers should watch it. It's like one of those like lessons that you can just pick up so many things from it. That's good. Yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. That's right. Those get the news to us. That gives us something to look into and continue to yeah. check that's why out. Why I love talking horror with people because I mean. I'm, I mean, I'm a kid from the 80s, you know, I mean, oh, yeah, of course, it was, just like you said, it was, you know, Texas Chainsaw, Michael Myers, Freddie, Jason, but, you know, beyond my local video store, which I had was, you know, we're here in uh, St. Louis, you know, and I grew up outside okay. of it, so we didn't have a lot of exposure to, you know, a lot of other movies and what just in our video store, and then, you know, now the internet's opening up a whole lot more, but I'm getting back into horror the last yeah. couple of years, so it's like, I feel like I've missed... Either a whole lot of stuff before me and a whole lot of stuff in between, I guess, basically 98 to present day. Mm. So when we're having these conversations, man, it's really opening up my eyes to a lot of good yeah. stuff. Yeah, me too. Oh, absolutely funny. You talk about best movies, too. If I can say one more. We were just talking about best haunted house movies the other day, me and a few other people. <laughs> and they were in what they thought the best one. And I thought my favorite, have you guys ever seen The Changeling with George C. Scott? I've heard of it. I have not seen it yet. But I, Late I am 70s, aware. it's like a masterpiece, horror, uh, haunted house movie. Uh, and, and it's my favorite uh, uh, of any haunted house movie ever made. And uh, just throwing another one out there. We did Scare Zone. That one actually kind of liked. Scare Zone was another really indep low independent, uh, low budget movie. Uh, turned out pretty good. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, but I'll tell you one I did not like. And I, I will go, I will defend, I will stand by my fear of this. I did not like this movie called The Houses That October Build. Um, it was a. Oh, okay. It was a story. If you've heard of it, it I don't know. Yeah. It was a, it was a match between we want to be found footage and we want to be haunted house. Like I, oh, we did that <laughs> when I went off on that. I hated that movie. You I know was, what I don't like? What movie everyone liked? You guys might like it. I get into arguments constantly, and I watched it. And I'm like, this movie is shit. Is uh, the witch? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 The witch. I was like, it's just a guy. Hitting logs all time. All time. <laughs> I mean, I did not like it. The the climax was just it's anticlimactic. I mean, it was beautiful. It was really great looking. The art direction, the cinematography, the acting was really good. Everything was great in it, except for like just the story that you have to watch. And I just sat there trying to get through it, and it just got a lot of hype. And I don't know where it came from. Yeah, I, I guess I never did that. Um, now. Before I guess we start wrapping this up, uh, this is you know shameless plug time. Is there anything you want to uh, uh, plug or, or that you're working on now that you want know people know about or or people that um, you work with or, that you want people yeah. to know about or oh, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, uh, anything if people can follow your progress on things? Yeah, yeah. Every everything I do is is at Vito Tribuco, my full name, like Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, what I'm doing now is uh, I'm going to do another, be doing another feature at the end of the year, but during the summertime I'm uh, doing a web series called Watch the Pretty Girls Suffer with uh, the girl from Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, the uh, the Jennifer girl who lives at the end. Okay. Me and her 
uh, wrote this series together. So a bunch of us are, uh, are doing that right now, and uh, we're almost done filming that. So that's supposed to uh, come out. We're going to premiere it on, on, online. We'll be uh, on Halloween. And, yeah, so it's pretty cool, and we're having a good time shooting it. It's, it's, it's definitely uh, it's pretty gruesome. And we're also I'm doing a documentary on um, there's a guy on a stuntman actor named Al Leon. Have you heard his name? No. Al Leon. You know his face. Okay. You know his face definitely. And he's been the face all throughout the '80s of like the henchman, goon, bad guy. All throughout the '80s, you've seen him, and uh, he's just a very recognizable face. And uh, he just, he, I mean, he's just a great guy. He has a great fan base. So we decided to do a documentary about him. And uh, that's been going great as well. We're almost done with that. And there's um, you know, a trailer online for it. And it's called Henchman, the Al Leong Story. Hench, now, wait. Um, Henchman. Uh, let me ask you this. Just hearing the last name, is, is, he, uh, is he Asian? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's been in, like, big trouble all I'm the time. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's, okay. he, yeah he's got kind of the body, but long hair and, like, the Fu Manchu mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about. He is, yeah. he's, like, the bad guy in everything yeah. in the Right, right, I know exactly right. who you're talking about I now. think one of my favorite scenes with him is in Die Hard when he's waiting for the squat guys, <laughs> and he reaches over and grabs a candy bar and starts eating it. Love it. I actually heard this. Yeah. I didn't realize this was you doing that because I actually heard about this. The other day, I want to think on the radio, I was listening to somebody talking about, they were talking about uh, the extra from Big Trouble Little China, the candy bar scene, and mm. a documentary about this guy. That's awesome. So that's you're the one yeah. doing it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really pumped about it. I really like it a lot. And, uh, yeah, we're getting, you know, we're getting a lot of fun interviews for it. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll have that out here soon. Uh, for yeah, do you have, like, an estimated kind of uh, hopeful release date for that? Um, you know... I doubt we can do the end of this year. That was like the fingers crossed to start getting good cuts. But, you know, um, it's tough getting the interviews during the summer. People are doing things. Right. So you, you book an interview and like the day before, they're like, oh, sorry, I'm in Paris or something. Well, that's know, what I did shit. to you. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, we're making an offer on the house. So we're, we, we turned oh, out good. Go. Yay. Yeah, good <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I had. Um, so anybody out there, if you want to follow him, Check out his, uh, uh, his, these new projects. Remember, it's Vito Trabuco, V-I-T-O-T-R-A-B-U-C-C-O. Like you said, it's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the, all the stuff. Uh, and these projects sound really awesome. Like, I'm interested in both of these. Like, the Girls Suffer and yeah. Henchman sounds awesome. The projects sound fantastic. And, of course, we really enjoy Bloody Bloody Bible Camp. Bloody Bloody Bible. I can't do it as good as you do. Bloody Bloody Bible Camp. There it is. There we go. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Yeah, so I do want to say thank you very much, Vito, for taking the time out thank of your you. day to uh, do this interview with us and talk a little Bloody Bloody Bio Camp. This has been really awesome. Yeah, it was a great, it was uh, a great fun movie. Yeah. Uh, we highly recommend it. So, you know, we put it up on our Instagram, put it back on our Facebook. Yep. It's on our webpage, you know, so anybody who uh, watch it, listen to our podcast. You know, and then go watch the movie. It's, yeah. worth, it's definitely worth watching. It's an enjoyable ride. Rent it, buy it, and they got shirts for sale, too. Hey, get yourself a Bloody Bloody Bible <laughs> Camp shirt. Um, all right, again, thank you very much, Vito. We will let you go. Um, oh, thank you, guys. Best You're wishes awesome. to you, you and much. continued success. So have a good thank day. You. All right, thank you, Vito. Take it easy. All right. All right, you guys, take care. All right. All right. <laughs>